Oh, this is so cute. I wrote down um, the list of things that I wanted to talk about. Underneath the bodybuilding community, I wrote down struggles with body image, but I spelled it struggles. Struggles. Oh my God. The struggles of body image. We all know it's very real, though. <laughs> I've been struggling so bad. Oh, I love struggles. I'm going to forever call it that. Toaster struggles, hot and ready. Yeah, hot and hot mess and ready. Yeah. Of course, hot and ready is Little Caesars. I just combined two types of things. I'm going to check in with Coach every day, like every Friday. It's just, I'm struggling today. Oh, riding the struggle bus hard. (laughs) Yeah, forever taking that. Hey, anyway, uh, okay, I'm going to start there. (laughs) Okay. All right, so... Here we are. It's uh, it's the Bear Banter podcast at long last. It's our maiden voyage, as it were. So anyway, um, Kaylee is here, and that's just because uh, she and I are super tight, and I didn't want to do this shit alone, so I was like, you know what? Let's get some friends involved, and um, Kaylee, you can talk. I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, we don't let friends ride the struggle bus alone. So I'm here for everyone and anyone who has questions. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's, uh, if anyone's got struggles that they want help with, uh, just reach out. Kaylee is an expert in the struggle field. I sure uh, am. <laughs> you're like, God, that's the fucking truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nursing school, man. That's just all I have to say. You're just like wiping tears quietly. You're like, haha, it's funny, but not at all. <laughs> My mask catches it. It's fine. Are you in a mask? Why? No, when I'm when clinical, we always have to wear a mask. So it's really great because no one can see our faces. No one's telling us to smile. It's awesome. Oh my God. I can't believe what just happened. So you said mask. And for a second, I completely, me of all people, forgot about the pandemic and imagined you wearing like a freaking sleep mask. Oh, yeah. All and I was time. like, I know. Bitch, why are your eyes covered right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that old. I don't go to sleep this early. Oh, my God. I don't know what the hell that was, but I liked it. Um, I liked okay. it <laughs> Kaylee's here. <laughs> Today, any, if, if that didn't make sense, it's because we're not in the same room. We're not even in the same city currently, actually. And um, so we're doing this audio only via the app and um we're gonna see how this goes but she's here for moral support and to add um (laughs) and to add commentary on this fitness thing that we're talking about so I wanted to make sure that on the first episode we talked about something that's pretty much relevant to both of our lives in a pretty big way and I don't want the podcast to only be fitness centric all the time. Like I really want to do episodes on all kinds of different things because I like to consider myself multifaceted and only talking about fitness is going to get really boring and I don't want to do that. But today I feel like it's appropriate to do so. Plus it's also how me and Kaylee met. So since she's here, it kind of yeah. makes sense. We talk about the fitness thing. Good so, old Muscle Beach 2018. Gosh, was that ever a fun day? I remember that day being exhausting. I feel like it was so exhausting. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the air in that building was really dry or something. <laughs> it was It was. I, and like Amanda had this amazing protein cheesecake that I just wanted but couldn't have. It was very sad. 
I was dieting too. That was a whole thing of it. And so they, they brought in a tray of sandwiches at one point and I was like, well, I'm just hungry. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Josh kept trying to feed us both sandwiches and we're like, we're dieting. We can't. Okay. So, um, we're already doing a thing that we need to try not to do. <laughs> we're talking about people and just assuming that everyone knows who they are because <laughs> <laughs> this, this feels this dude, like- this dude that was there tried off the funny thing about this though is that just like the way that we're doing this even the fact that we can't see each other right now That's and it's hard. just audio, it just feels like a phone call so like i need to remind myself that like potentially people are listening and trying to yes. like follow along with what we're saying you're gonna have so, so much editing my dude Man, I'm not even going to freaking bother. They can just struggle along with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, let's jump back into this. Round two, fight. <laughs> so um, Muscle Beach is a bodybuilding competition that I met Kaylee at two years ago when we volunteered backstage. That's what happened. And um, before we get into uh, all of it, I might as well explain to you, in case anyone's wondering why my show is called Bear Banter, my name's Aaron and my nickname is Air Bear, and the bear thing has become like a very uh, prominent part of my image, so I decided to call the show Bear Banter for that reason, and that's it. Just wanted to make it clear, in case you're wondering what Bear Banter means, it's just based off my nickname. Okay? Awesome. All it's right, Kaylee. Honey, and I love it. Tell us who you are. Um, so my name is Kaylee. Um, I'm really not exciting. I'm essentially an old woman trapped in a 20 something year old body. I am a nursing student. I'm a fellow nerd. I'm also like Aaron. I, I'm not just into fitness. I actually got into fitness very late actually in my life. I never, never worked out, never did anything like that. I used to stream video games online actually, and that all kind of changed. That was good. I really liked it. It's funny because um, like just this morning, Kaylee and I were on the phone and she just casually was like, you never told me how you got into fitness. And I was like, hold that thought because we're recording tonight and we need to talk about that anyway. So let's just, let's just save it for the pod. Like I have no idea. Yeah. It's really okay. Well, I guess I'll just tell you that now, but I want to hear your story too, because I think I think we're both sort of similar in the sense that we got into it later in life. Like I didn't start working out for cereals. Like I was always athletic and I was into sports and everything for my entire upbringing, but I didn't take an interest in um, aesthetics for one thing. Competing was later. Coaching was super later and all of that stuff until I was like pretty grown up, but I got my first gym membership and started doing the gym thing for Sirius when I was 21. And it really just came out of a nasty, gross feeling home environment. I still lived mm. in my, I lived in my parents' place at the time still. And this was like, I'm not going to give too much information out about their situation, but um, things were starting to go really bad for them in a way that was very obvious to everyone around them which for the most part was me because my brother had moved out he was in university so it was just the three of us in this house and like they had split up into separate rooms they did not say two words to each other over the course of a week and it was just like 
I can remember the actual atmosphere in that house feeling physically heavy. Like it felt like it was humid almost because the air in that home was so thick with negativity. And you know what I mean? It was like very toxic. Yeah, it was very toxic and it was just gross. Like I'm not I'm not trying to say that that's in any way. Um, I wasn't abused or anything. Nobody in that house was abused. It could have been a lot worse. And I'm very thankful for that. But at the same time, I didn't feel comfortable and I definitely didn't feel happy there. So I started training at the recommendation of the people that I was working for. I was a nanny part-time for these two baby girls, oh, which was I didn't know that either. You didn't know I was a nanny? Oh, girl. I that- had no idea. I've been a nanny a couple of times in my life, actually. You know, we need to also do an episode just about all of our jobs because I bet between us, our resumes are like a freaking book. Literally jack of all trades between both of us. 100%. Exactly. Me too. I used to plan weddings. Like, I mean, that was a thing I used to do. So. I know. And that's really helpful because now we know where to get the best cakes in town. And I appreciate you for that so much. (laughs) You're so welcome. I have to share the knowledge. You do. It's like a public service, really. Sure um, is. <laughs> so the people that I worked for were both in pretty good shape. They both worked in emergency response and they recommended World Health to me, which um, I mean, I have a long history with World Health, but I started there. I worked there for a couple of years, but I started there just as a member when I was 21 at their recommendation. And I instantly was there seven days a week for a couple hours a day just because that was the only couple hours a day that I was out of my parents' house and I was away from that heavy feeling atmosphere. So I didn't know what I was doing. Like I was getting all of my information from YouTube and Instagram at that point. And I made all of the classic newbie fitness mistakes, all of them. And I had the classic little skinny fat cardio bunny body for a long time because I didn't know anything about resistance training and I was like I was also that person who was like scared and awkward to move downstairs to where like you know the bodybuilders were because I didn't want them to see me like attempting to learn how to train like that felt embarrassing which it's intimidating it's so intimidating though it is I know and like I try and tell this story to my clients a lot too because now that I mean, I'm a coach and a competitor and I've been in the gym for so many years now. Well, not so many years, like six years, but, um, um, but I try and really, um, refer back to that time because I forget sometimes that there was a time when I actually felt legitimately scared to even allow myself to learn. And I had to use all of these different little crutches. Like I, I remember, um, I found that if I was holding a notebook, like if I had my workout written down and I was holding a notebook, for some reason that acted like a security blanket for me. And I could freely walk around the gym and I felt like, okay, if people see me right now, they're going to think I know exactly what I'm doing because I have my program written down. And I've told so many of my clients to do that. Like just have your program written down, be holding it, refer to it and focus on that rather than what anyone else is doing. Like we know now as people who are in the gym all the time, that nobody gives a shit. They just Nobody don't. cares like, at all. Literally not at all. But you don't know that yet. You think for some reason you're paranoid that everybody's eyes are on you and they can tell that you're new and they're going to be judging your form and it's just a shitty feeling. I had all of that going on. So I was doing so much cardio, basically out of fear. 
And um, I loved it though. I loved it because I felt accomplished for one thing. I was like, I am working so hard. I'm getting so sweaty. I have a thing to do because I was only working part-time. And to be honest, you don't feel that accomplished as a nanny because it's what parents do when they're not working. (laughs) Well, I mean, every day in a nurse's life. Welcome. Yeah. But (laughs) it's like, I, I just didn't have anything. I didn't have anything that was mine. I felt like I didn't, I didn't have goals. I wasn't really doing anything for myself. And that's what the gym became for me. So slowly over like the course of the next few months to a year ish, I started actively trying to learn as much as I could on my own about fitness. And like I said, I made so many mistakes. I was under eating like crazy, doing too much cardio. My form was probably atrocious for a very long time. Um, I didn't invest in personal training until a couple years later. I moved to Jasper for a year and worked in a hotel and I was training all the time there. I actually got super butch when I lived there. I um, I decided for some reason at that time that I wanted to get strong. That just became a really enticing goal for me. I wanted to be able to lift really heavy things. And so I started eating a whole bunch more. And I actually, uh, that's probably the strongest I ever was when I lived in Jasper. And we just had a really shitty little rinky-dink staff gym, but with very heavy things. And I didn't look good at all, but I didn't know that. I didn't have anything to um, compare my aesthetics to, which looking back is kind of funny because now I'm so much leaner and in debatably way better shape, but I am so much more aware of how I look, (laughs) Um, which is kind of like, it's a double-edged sword because I've made so much progress, but it's like very ironic that getting in shape can make you so self-conscious. Absolutely, um, because you you become hyper aware all the time of your imbalances or one day you're holding more water or what, for some reason the next day you can't lift 125 deadlift when you could the other day, right? So mm-hmm. it's like we're very hyper aware of yeah. what we do in every aspect. Totally. And it's, it's I mean, it's a... A struggle that I embrace as part of the journey, because when I look back through all of these years, like to see like, yes, it does suck that I'm sort of self-conscious sometimes, but on the days that I'm feeling really good, they are so much better than a day that felt really good four years ago. So it's all, it all, it all ties into it. It's all part of the journey. But when I got back from Jasper, just because one of the main things about that place was the lifestyle there was it really didn't suit me. Let's say like I tried for a few months to fit in. I did the whole, we work at a hotel where party animals thing and I could not do it. It was awful. I just really like basically living out there at a place like that felt like I was in college. And instead of going to class, we went to work and the rest of the time people were just partying, getting high. It was, it was just not for me. I was like the only one there that worked out every day. I felt more alone there than ever. And it didn't help that it's a very secluded town physically. Like you, you literally were trapped there in the winter. Like it was like the shining. Legit. I've never (laughs) been to Jasper. So that's a thing. So I've seen pictures. It looks beautiful, but yeah, it's, it's really out there. 
will go because it's still one of my favorite places to visit. I just, I could never live there again. And that's Um, totally fair. And we, I decided that I needed to move back for a couple of reasons. Like some really shitty things happened to me out there that I needed to get away from, but also the fitness thing was becoming, was kind of becoming like a lifeboat for me because, and this is something that I've posted about so many times because it holds true like years later and always will continue to that whatever I have going on, whatever horrible tragic thing is going on around me, my fitness is always in my control. And that is something that I remain grateful for and why I care about it so much. It's just because that that is the thing that is always mine, no matter what. And what's happening to my body is always relatively within my control. Like I can decide what to do with my physical being. And that is very comforting in times when like in times like now for example when we really have no control over a lot of things which people say it is what it is a lot and that pisses me off so much when that gets overused because oftentimes we are very much in control of our lives like I think people say that as an excuse sometimes when it's like "Mm, you you definitely could change some of the stuff you don't like but now for like we can't we really can't it legitimately is what it is so to have um, to have fitness to always come back to has been a huge blessing for me. And that's a big part of why it means so much to me. But, um, anyway, I started to care about it so much and I decided that I wanted to compete, which I didn't feel like I could do properly isolated out there in Jasper. So I decided to move back to the city and that's when I invested in personal training for the first time. And, My experience with personal training was mostly good, but it didn't take very long for me to get in better shape than my trainer. And I didn't appreciate that. That made me feel almost annoyed, like (laughs) almost like a rebellious teenager thinking like, why should I listen to you? Like, that's like a parent who smokes telling me not to smoke kind of a thing. That's totally Um, fair. I can see that. Yep. But at the same time, like that was when I got actual proper instruction on how to lift weights safely and properly, which is something that I think everybody should invest in at some point in their life, especially if you're going to be spending extended amounts of time in the gym. Like being a PT never appealed to me personally because I don't have a passion for standing over people and counting reps and watching their form, which is why I went the online route when I decided to be a coach. Um, but I did see a lot of value in having eyes on me, having instruction. And, um, that's when I pretty much started prepping for my first show. And that was in 2017 and my competition history is ridiculous. So I prepped for, um, like 20 weeks, 2017, June to October and did muscle beach. Hell yeah. Yeah, you did. I got third place out of four in my class (laughs) and uh, yeah, I thought I looked so good. It's so funny looking back at that. I thought I was shredded and (laughs) I'm leaner than that today. Like you probably saw the post that I made. I did. Yes. um, Isn't that crazy though? (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. You progressed so much. I, I know. I like, I put those two pictures beside each other and I was like, wait, what? how, how am I more ready for stage today in fucking December than I was the day that I stepped on stage at one point? 
It's because you have been doing it longer now and you know how this stuff works. I know. It was just shocking to see. That's why, oh God, I'm obsessed with putting pictures together like that. I tell all my clients to do it because like you really don't, you really don't think you're making progress until you look back to where you started. Well, exactly. Um, Like I only have two clients. I don't do it as a profession. Like I just do it for people in my life who really, really want to change because Frick, I've been doing this a long time now too. And I always tell them, put side by sides. And when they send them to me, it's it's obscene, like how different it is. I love it. It's incredible. And it shocks them too. Yeah, totally. Um, so then, yeah, my first competition, I, I didn't reverse diet properly. And I have a whole, if we ever do um, an episode specific to competing, then I'll get into my nightmare experience with my first coach. But I didn't know I didn't even know that I was supposed to reverse diet. So like the second that I stepped off of stage, I started binge eating daily. Like I was eating everything and I was just like, I didn't even notice how fast I was gaining weight. I felt fine. Like I was probably doing all kinds of damage to my hormones, just unknowingly couldn't even tell gained a whole bunch of weight. And then lo and behold, a couple months later, when I decided to start prepping for my next competition I was the heaviest weight of my life I was weighing like in the 170s and um I prepped again for nine months got down to the lowest weight of my life I was like 135 or something um I'm 5'9 for reference and I have like I don't know I'd consider myself pretty broad in structure so that's where like I'm always heavy that's a thing um so like people always underguess my weight. So I find it necessary to try and describe myself a little bit more because it's like, you know, that's, it seems kind of heavy to be on stage. And I would agree, which is why it's a good thing that in bikini, we don't have to make weight because I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm so glad. <laughs> right. Cause I am also um, five, nine and a half. Also tall girl problems. Uh, people don't understand filling those long muscle bellies a little bit more difficult. And we have to put on a little more size for that. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time and that's another yeah it is frustrating but it's also like it's also such a mind fuck too because even when you're lean to weigh what's considered kind of a lot is really hard like because Kaylee is a lot lighter than me even though like if we were to put our most recent check-ins together I don't think we're that different in terms of conditioning at the moment no, um, we're we're both like in our off seasons and growing. Yeah, but you're like substantially lighter than me, which it's it's the weirdest thing too mentally because like it, even as a coach, like and this is why I have my own coach too. I I definitely think that if um even if you are a coach, that you should always have one too. That just makes the most sense to me. But even though I know these things, it's like once in a while you start to question yourself too and you just get a very distorted image of yourself based on superficial things and that's one of them for me is like when you told me how much you weigh I started like over analyzing my own physique and being like how am I that much heavier than her like where's this weight coming from is it in my bones is it do I have like a fucking thicker head of hair like why do I weigh so much more than you it doesn't make sense and there's like really it could be a million different things. Like it doesn't matter. Like that's the other really shitty thing about, um, 
just the whole community of fitness too is like I have no reason to be in competition with Kaylee like we're not on a stage together right now like that's the only time that I would ever need to look leaner than her or anything like that but even so like I think realistically if I did compete with Kaylee um I would want her to do really well like we're friends but um it's sometimes just like hard when you have other girls around you doing the same thing and like the constant comparing is for me one of the hardest things about not even just the sport but fitness in general because there is no one way to be a fit person so you're always going to be sort of holding your version of fit up to another person's and I think that's something unfortunately that women just do by nature regardless of whether they're in bikini or they're fucking competitive knitters. I don't know. But, competitive um, knitting sounds bomb. I'm not going to lie. Um, but you're right. <laughs> society makes, especially for women. I mean, I know it happens with men too. So I'm not going to, I'm not sexist. That's not what I'm going here. Cause men always have to be buff and all these things, but women, yeah, especially this is podcast, men are welcome. <laughs> yes, we love absolutely everybody. Um, but women, especially from a young age, we are overly sexualized as 10 year olds, 11 year olds, 12 year olds. It's terrifying. And then society and media is telling, um, telling us how we should look, what is appealing, what people want, but they don't often tell us we should love who we are, what skin we're in. It's only starting to come out now in like the last couple of years, like, you know, everyone's beautiful. Everybody is beautiful. And it's, it's a struggle, especially in competing when women already have that body dysmorphic disorder that I think is just ingrained in our brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's, um, it's a struggle that I think, I think I would be hard pressed to find a woman in the world in general, like in or out of fitness who hasn't struggled with body image at some point in her life. I, I have never, I have never, I have yet to meet the woman who hasn't. Um, And there's, there's a lot of reasons for that. Like, I think it's different for all of us too, but um, it really just does seem to be, there's probably some sort of a weird biological reason for it too. I don't know. Um, It's really sad. And I, I learned this in my pediatric class that like eating disorders and body image issues start as young as like four years old. And that just, it ripped my heart out. It was awful. Yeah. God, can you imagine being four years old and hating yourself? No, no. Like, man, I didn't even know, like I was kind of chubby as a kid and I didn't know that. Like I was fucking super confident. I didn't know that I was chubby like that. uh, Credit to my parents for that, of course. But um, I don't know, like what it must be a it must be a nature versus nurture type situation because I don't think it's definitely not natural for a four-year-old to feel like that. There must just be girls in unfortunately really shitty upbringings that are dealing, that are dealing with situations that cause them to be that way because that's, that's sad. That's scary. No. And kids are cruel too. Like, especially with like TV and video games. And like, now I know I sound like an old woman here. Um, But I've seen kids and I've seen how bullying is even in kindergarten and grade one. And it's so awful. Like, I was teased and bullied in kindergarten for having a gap in between my teeth. I couldn't help that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Aw. Or Kaylee. Well, I paid $10,000 when I was 18 to get myself some braces. So there is literally no physical evidence of that gap that exists anymore. (laughs) Well, suck it then, first grade bullies. Yeah, they don't matter. (laughs) Um. Anyway, so like, yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much my fitness story, honestly. Like, I uh, I got into competing, and then um, I did. I wasn't that stereotypical person who like did a show and then became a coach. I I got into coaching a little bit before I did my first show, honestly. But like, freaking, I shouldn't have to even justify that because I think no, that's a bullshit argument for people to make anyway. Like bikini girls think that they can do one show and then become a coach yeah why the fuck can't they of course they can why not people probably ask them about getting in shape all the time and they think you know what and you know what i do know a lot about this so why not make a profit from it so fuck you for being judgmental about people who get into coaching for being passionate about fitness it's kind of a logical transition (laughs) exactly i feel like the people who should be coaching are the ones who care about it who are trying to change people's lives and have the knowledge I think that's great. And that could be anybody. That could be a doctor. That could be a model. It could literally be anyone. So who cares if it's a bikini competitor? Preach. I just, a man, like, sorry for the uh, impromptu little rant there, but like that, that like strikes a nerve within me because it's something that comes up on Instagram all the time. And like people, oh man, it's just, it's just such a shitty attitude to have though. It's like, you're passionate about something. You decide that you want to, and also like, I know it's like trendy and whatnot to be an online coach, but it is owning a business. It is. Absolutely. And it's a big, it's a big commitment. It's a, it's a hard thing to do. It's a scary thing to do. And I had to do it like at the time when that was like the main conversation. And it actually made me question if I wanted to go into business for myself because people were going, Oh, like bikini girls getting into coaching. And I was self-conscious about it and I shouldn't have been made to feel that way. That's just not fair. No, it's not. And I've seen one of your clients personally, Bradley, like he looks great. Like, especially that photo shoot you got him ready for. Like he looks fantastic. And then my friend, who I will not name because I don't know if she'll be comfortable with that or not, lost so much weight working with Aaron. It was I was oh my god. I was thinking I was thinking about her today. I think her before and after pictures were the first ones um in my actual like in my actual coaching business, always better as it was established where her before and afters were like a legitimately like oh my god transformation she did so well I and the the reason that I loved her so much was because at the time she had a 10-month-old baby was a full-time student and she had a job so she was like she just basically walked all over everyone's most common excuses and said fuck you I can still get in shape because I care like yeah oh my god I rave to her all the time with how incredible she looks like it's just awesome she's a champ and it's like she didn't even really have a hard time with it honestly she just was like just was like man like now that I'm getting used to it like it's just my lifestyle and I was (laughs) like man please spread the word that's what I'm trying to tell people um but no see like this is the this is the vibe that I mean like I'm not just some bikini girl who got into coaching like this is the shit that actually like means something to me is stories like hers. Um, and that's, that's basically why I got into coaching. Like um, I felt that 
because all the time that I had like in Jasper and I was training by myself and everything. And then it wasn't until I actually invested in help that I really started to see what I was capable of. And from that, I was able to see um, how valuable or how invaluable I should say um, an investment in a coach actually is. And so just knowing my personality, knowing that um, I would probably be able to do it pretty well. And like, even from a sales standpoint, because I had to get my own clients when I switched to doing it full time and just that whole side of it too. I knew that I'd be really good at from previous work experience. Plus just my nurturing nature, like being a nanny and everything. It, all <laughs> it, just, it really all just comes full circle. And um, it just ended up, that's, that's pretty much my story. That's, that's how the bear got where she is. The rest is history, as they say. So anyway, um, I don't want to be the only one talking here. So Kaylee, <laughs> you tell you tell your version of all of that. Oh, cheese and rice. Okay. So one, I have to say, I love your transitions throughout everything. And I'm pretty sure we got into fitness around the same time. Um, I unfortunately was with a very unkind, not nice person. And so as we've mm-hmm. established, Aaron and I are both giraffes. We're five, nine, I'm five, nine and a half, but I like to round down. Um, and at one point I was with someone and I was 140 pounds and I didn't, like I said, never worked out, like whatever. And like, that's totally normal. That is a totally normal weight for a woman of our height and stature. And this person had done a multitude of terrible things to me and justified it because I was fat and said, I need to get a trainer, all of these things, blah, blah, blah. So I first started funny enough with a trainer at world health. Uh, I was guilted into it and I wasn't seeing any progress, wasn't seeing any progress. Um, this person was still being very, very terrible to me. And then I actually one day passed by an Radia pole studio in Sherwood park. And I started doing pole fitness and oh my God, like I was just blown away. Women who were substantially larger than me and shorter than me and just all different body types could do these incredible things that I never thought I could ever do in my life. And I was just in such awe. They were so strong. They were so flexible. So I got into that, got rid of that human who I was living with. Um, but I took some time off fitness. Um, then I started working at good old good life. And um, mm. yes, yes, I was a fitness advisor, sales, in other words, as we call it. And so I started working outside access to a gym all the time, started feeling good. Um, but then I got some really really scary news about my health, Um, the big C, an estrogen-based big C. And so I was like, I I have to change something. And let's put this in here. I was 175 pounds when I was given my health stuff. So I wasn't a small girl. It's the biggest I've ever been. I uh, joined with one of my coworkers as a client and I told her I wanted to go into bodybuilding. I liked how it looked, but she's like, well, let's, let's try something else. So I also went the strength route. I did powerlifting. I actually did a powerlifting meet and I got a nutritionist and I loved every minute of it. I lost so much body fat in a span of four months. It was actually really intense. And then All of a sudden, like once my training was over, it's like a switch went off in my brain and I signed up with a local bodybuilding coach in January 1st, 2018. 
And I stuck to my diet. I stuck to my plan. I look like a completely different person in three weeks. Three weeks. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, it was insane. And then I've just been addicted ever since. So it's my favorite thing in the entire world. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very hard to, well, because it does become a lifestyle. It's not something that you can just dabble in for a second. And then like, I made a post about that today too, because people seem to think like, oh, I'm going to challenge myself for six weeks and then I'm going to get in great shape. And it's like, well, okay, cool. But the second you go back to your normal habits, your body's going to go back to the way it looked before too. So once you have, um, once you have the lifestyle set in place and you like, you reap the benefits of the training and the dieting and you can feel how good it feels and you can see the improvements in your body. It becomes, they say it becomes addicting, but I don't like that word because it's kind of a negative connotation. It just becomes who you are as a person. And I have to agree with that. It does because all like I'm off antidepressants because of my fitness. I, have more energy with my fitness. I mean, granted right now this doesn't count because it's finals and I just don't sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. But like everything's changed. My body hurts less. Like everything is just, everything is just better. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's another thing too. Like when I didn't want to get into it because I don't know, there's so many things in my life where I should not be embarrassed about. Like this is a big difference between Kaylee and I that it's probably going to keep coming up. Um, Kaylee doesn't give a fuck and she likes, <laughs> she like, she says what she needs to say at the expense of whoever the fuck's feelings and like, not in a mean way, but like, um, like it's the truth and it needs to be said. So I'm going to fucking say it. Hallelujah. Slay girl. That kind of a thing. Thank you. So you're welcome. That's just your whole vibe. Whereas for me, like I am slowly working towards being that way because that's how I feel. But at the same time, there are things about myself where I still feel like a little bit reserved. Like, "Mm, I don't know if I need people to know that about me. Like it doesn't really benefit anything. But what I'm learning more and more is the more people speak about their truth, like somebody out there is going to hear it and they're going to relate to it and it's going to mean something. So anyway, that whole thing, because what you said about um, feeling less depressed and everything because of fitness. So my entire life from the age of seven, I was on medication because I had a panic disorder. And it was like the reason that I am the way I am today in terms of I would more or less call myself fearless. Like I really there's not a lot that I'm actually scared of in the world. And that's just because I was scared every second of every day for years and years and years of my life. And I learned how to survive that. I, I, I didn't die. I have never died to this day. I have yet to die. And that just proves to myself that like, I can feel like absolute shit. Pretty much all of my symptoms were physical ones. The main one was an upset stomach. I had to learn how to be nauseous my entire life. I had to learn how to continue to nourish my body, to continue to go to school, to continue to go to work, to continue to talk to people when I was in a full-blown panic attack. And that is the hardest thing. I think I would never wish that on my worst enemy to have to learn how to do that. It was a nightmare. And it was from age seven until, I mean, you don't outgrow it technically. Like it's something when I was diagnosed and they figured out what it was, they pretty much said, you're going to have this forever. It doesn't go away. It's, it's, 
it's just how your brain is. I'm sorry. But, but when I was 21 and I started getting into fitness, that was another thing too. I, I went on a horrible date with this guy and it was awful. And I remember every second of it because unfortunately I am burdened with the most accurate long-term memory in the world. But one, one, (laughs) one really good takeaway I got from this guy was his mention of how it was kind of messed up that through all of my pubescent years and everything, I had chemical intervention through medication being put into my body and potentially doing stuff that shouldn't have happened as I was growing up. And for some reason, and for some reason that triggered me and I was so mad. I was like my entire childhood, I was on drugs and that made me, that just infuriated me. I had never existed in a body that was just, a body. There was always something else in me, something man-made, something chemical. And that just triggered me. That made me sick. And I was still pretty anxious, but as an adult, I had gotten really good at controlling it. Um, I, at this point, still had to take gravel with me everywhere because I, I was always nauseous. Like it was just, it was just my life. So that didn't help with that didn't help with food issues either. No, but, um, that that definitely would not. No, that's another story for another day, though, because that's that's like a big part of why um, food became a struggle for me. But anyway, um, I was tw- here. I was twenty one years old, thinking like, oh my god, I've never not been on drugs. And one thing that they always told me that made me just roll my eyes and say, okay, thanks for the advice. When I was growing up, was one of the best things for anxiety is exercise and proper nutrition. Yeah. And I was like, I was just like, okay, thanks for the advice. Well, I'll get into <laughs> yoga and like, eat salad. but <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remembered that as an adult and I was able to just take myself off medication at 21. I haven't like, I don't remember the last time I had a panic attack. It must've been years ago. And like for me to be saying that now, like that's something that my mom who had to deal with this and was probably one of the biggest struggles of her life is dealing with a sick child. She probably, I don't think she ever imagined that there would be a day that I would even live by myself or that I would be able to have a job or that I could sit down in a restaurant comfortably. Just all of these things that I do now without even thinking about, like there was years of my life where it didn't even seem possible and I can thank the fact that I am a healthy feeling person. I can thank fitness for pretty much all of that. Like it's, it's crazy how much it actually changes and how much it benefits. And that's something that if you've been following me for a long time, this is something I post about pretty frequently. There's not a single thing in your life that won't be made better by taking care of your body. Everything you experience in your life is going to happen in this body. You can't step out of your body, put it to the side while you go to work. You know, you can't, you can't just like take a rest from your physical being while you do other things. It's all happening within this physical vessel. So eating properly and exercising, there's not, there's not a downside no, at all. There really isn't because the longer you take care of your body, the longer it's going to take care of you and you're going to be here. Like people, 
I, I hate when people think it's just a vanity thing because it's not. It's an antidepressant. It's therapy for some people. It's their me time. I love seeing moms and dads come into the gyms when, when there was child minding. I mean, right now with the pandemic, there's not. But when there was, they got an hour where someone was like playing with their kids, watching their kids. And they got to work out to give themselves those healthy endorphins to bounce back from having a baby. And I applaud every single woman ever that has a child because it's incredible and good on you women. Like that's amazing, but it gives them that time where they can take care of themselves and do something they want to for themselves. Which ultimately makes them a better mom. Absolutely. They're happier. Like they're, they're happier. They have more energy. They get to run around with their kids. Like the one thing I will have to give good life is I did love seeing moms who came in and would sign up with a trainer and their life would change. And like, they just came in smiling more and they were holding their head up higher. And it was just such a wonderful feeling seeing people change their life. Mm -hmm. No, a hundred percent. It's very, um, it really just, it's inspiring to see like it. And that happens at any gym. Like, um, kind of seems like you have some personal issues with good life we won't get into that oh it's just um, just good life is just so it's just so corporate-y that's all like it's not a bad oh it is well yeah that's just those big box gyms like like I mentioned I I started at World Health as a client and then I worked there for a couple years selling gym memberships as well and then also teaching uh hit classes too which which was really really fun honestly because like like I said, I never really got passionate about being a PT, but I did really like standing in the middle of a group and just barking at people. Oh, that would it was be awesome. Fun. Yeah, that would be fun. But also, there's no denying how inspired and how motivated it makes you feel to see everyday people coming in and crushing goals. It's, oh, oh I it's love- so good. And that's why. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I have people message me all the time. Um. I've started going to the gym and automatically I'm like, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. I don't care who you are. You could be a stranger. You could be like, I'm motivated. I'm going to the gym and I will always hype you up. Always. hundred percent. Yes. It's like, I know it's, it was a tough thing to, uh, I, I struggled for a while with, um, well, with not working and, um, that's not a problem now, but my biggest fear was that because of my experience, the only job I was going to be able to get was selling gym memberships. And I was like, I cannot do that again. No. I can't because there was, there was nothing, um, nothing like dimmed that flame for me worse than being in the sales side of getting people into fitness. It felt so slimy and so wrong. And it feels car salesy. That's what it feels like. It did. Yes, it felt so car salesy. And it's like, ugh, a lot of the time too, like especially, especially at World Health, I'm I don't care that we're talking about this because that brand doesn't exist anymore. So we're not gonna get in trouble. But the prices there were freaking ridiculous. It was highway robbery. Like, and there were so many people who really liked me. They really liked the gym. We had a good experience, but they just couldn't afford it. And I hated that because I knew that they were going to go to some discount gym and not get the support they needed, not know what to do and not make progress. That's and 
it, it really, it sucks. And also just, oh my God, it just any sales job. I, I don't have, I like to think I'm a thick skinned person. I don't think I do anymore. Like uh-huh. just, just to make sales quotas, to have a manager breathing down your neck, to be, to make a hundred phone calls a day. It's a nightmare. It's so fucking hard. I didn't like cold calling, but I will say the way I did sales is I was honest always. I was always honest with my people. I would be completely transparent. I would show them everything. And I think that's what worked out really well for me is because people wanted to join because I was honest. And it is so satisfying going back into that gym after I haven't worked there for years. And they're still there. They're still working out there. Hell yeah. Like. I love that. Yeah. See, like, I I do really enjoy that. I mean, like I said, I have nothing against the gym. It's just corporate Like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, hey, this is a fun fact for everybody out there right now on Facebook Marketplace. There is somebody with the confidence that has two of those 20-pound dumbbells from Walmart selling them for $120. I need that kind of confidence in my life. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh when I saw that yesterday. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, that's preposterous. <laughs> Obscene. Like it is, I think they're like $10 each or something at Walmart. Man, like literally when I, uh, before I joined the gym, I started doing home workouts and I would literally use cans of soup. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, with the pandemic, I saw so many people doing so many great things. There's a girl I know she coaches and so she, her one client lost her gym. So she filled up two milk jugs with rocks and everything. She weighed them. She got them both levels. She's like, Kay, do this at home with your scale. And then this woman was like, body squatting with it like it was so great like people got so creative Chris Bumstead like if people don't know who he is he is an amazing Canadian bodybuilder he was he was using his couch oh yeah yep so I think that stuff is great I love when people get creative and use the whole no excuse thing like they just do it no 100% like that's why um well, I have an elliptical now because of the pandemic and I was freaking out about not being able to train. Like I got a couple of secondhand uh, sets of dumbbells off of somebody on Facebook and then I went on Kijiji and I got a secondhand elliptical for 400 bucks. That's amazing. I know. It was like the best investment of my life because now that we're only limited to an hour in the actual gym, I can still get all of my cardio done because I just do it at home. It's It totally works out. I am very jealous. Um, Anyway, I don't want to keep talking for too, too long on this one, but I do want to touch on the bodybuilding community at least a little bit. This might need its own episode, but I think we should dip our toes in because it's interesting and it's something that... It's something that Kaylee and I both have um, experienced over the past few years from an insider's perspective. This year, we're both on the outs, thankfully. Yes, (laughs) very um, much so. It's just so weird, man. Like, it's so, it's so political. It's so, it's like high school. It's. I do love it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I absolutely love it. It's just, it's very interesting because the bodybuilding community is like its own little world. It's like, you look at my other world that I'm a part of. I am a huge nerd. I cosplay. I do all of these things. That's also its own world. So it's, it's something that normal 
not normal, that, that was the wrong word, that everyday people don't really see. I call everyday people normies. Just say I, it. I, I, do, I do too. I'm just like, ah, is that, is that all right to say? Man, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you're not going to offend me. I'm the only one talking to you. <laughs> I call them normies all the time. Um, but it's just like, okay, so you look at the bodybuilding world. We weigh our food. We, if we go out to dinner with friends, we usually just get a water or a diet pop and we, we whip out our Tupperware or Mm -hmm. a Ziploc baggie, depending on where we're going. Um, we have our massive jugs of water and we get the weirdest looks all the time. Mm -hmm. But I love it. I know it's very, uh, I love it too. And like, it's some, it's still really hard though, just because, um, you have to deal with the fact that we we know that we are doing so much more for our health and for our bodies than the majority of the population who get wasted, do drugs, smoke, eat like shit, all of this stuff. We don't do that at all. But well, we're nights. the weird ones. Cheat nights, I have pizza Not, and like cheesecake. Like it's, I love them. I know, but like <laughs> that. <laughs> That's not your lifestyle, though. Like, your lifestyle is doing that once a week, yeah. you know? Not every single day. Oh, God, no. Um, I'm so sick. Exactly. Like, we just had a whole conversation about how it benefits everything to not be that way. And that's, like, the reason that we do this. It's not, it's not even just about getting on stage. It's the lifestyle the other 364 days a year. And that's something, like... People ask my mom all the time, too, apparently, because she has to deal with people being like, oh, your daughter's in bodybuilding. Like, isn't it really dangerous? Don't they get dehydrated mm, and okay. stuff? And she, oh, she's a champ with this, though. She's like, okay, she literally gets dehydrated one day a year when she competes, as opposed to your kids who probably get alcohol poisoning every weekend. What mm. sounds more unhealthy to you? Mama Bear is like, savage. Oh, man. She just, yeah, she goes in because... I'm very blessed to have a very supportive mother and she is like my biggest fan with competing. Like I I tell her everything that I'm taking and she is just like cool with it. Like obviously she, she was concerned at first and she needed to educate herself and everything too, to feel better about it. Um, But anything that I'm doing, she really is very supportive because of what I'm talking about right now. Like we're, we're on the outs in society because of the stuff that Kaylee just mentioned, bringing our food places and having to eat at specific times of the day or eat drinking a gallon of water a day and all of these things that label us, you know, weird or um, neurotic or narcissistic, all of these ugly things where from our perspective, we're just taking care of ourselves. We're just doing our own shit. We're just living our best lives. But it's, it's hard to be on on the outs in a sense, because like the, it's a very small population when you think of it, that actually competes like very small, even in fitness in general, there are a lot of fitness enthusiasts, but a really small percentage of them will get on a stage. And so, and we're not saying that everybody has to get on stage and we're also not super strict all the time. Um, Yeah. But I find, especially in North American culture, that people connect, they bond, they celebrate over food and drink. And so yes. people take it really personally. They, um, they take it kind of as an attack of that you're judging their character when that's no one ever is doing ever. 
No. Never. And so no, let's honestly P- PSA right now. It is very unlikely that a fit person going about their own life, packing their meals, doing their own thing, gives a shit about what you are doing with your life whatsoever. We probably don't. We understand that we're the weird ones. We're not just sitting in judgment all the time. That's not a thing. And if there are people who are in any sort sort of way in fitness judging people on their life choices, that that's not a fitness Fuck thing. That's a personal no. thing. Yeah, fuck them. That's a personal thing. Absolutely. That's just one specific person being a piece of shit because like the rest of us, hopefully the majority of us aren't just sitting around thinking we're better than others. Like obviously there are going to be some narcissists in bodybuilding. I mean, it is an individual sport that revolves around making yourself look good. Narcissism, <laughs> narcissism <are> happens. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's not... I, I actually think that it's really unfair to look at a fit person and assume that we're hateful. That's it's not fair. It's no, no, it's really not. Like my, my whole thing as a coach even is teaching people to respect themselves through fitness and to love themselves and to embrace their body. And you can do that and you should do that at any size. Any, and yeah. that's something, that's something that I try and make very, very clear. But I find a lot of the time that it's almost, like at my other job, my part-time job, for example, um, I've been feeling this recently. I don't want people to ask me about fitness and I'll always answer honestly, but I feel like when it comes up, I just find myself shutting down because people say, "Mm, I just find for me personally, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And like the whole fitness thing and yeah, nah, 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 nah. And it's like, man, I didn't ask. I don't care what you do. Like, do you? I'm not judging you. I understand that people like food. I like food too. I love food. I do. I promise. We love food. Oh my God. Fit people are obsessed with food. Oh my God. I, <laughs> we just, you should see us on peak week. We're asking, well, okay. I'm asking my friends to describe their cheat meals sometimes. <laughs> yes. You know what I've done? Oh my God. I have literally paid a girl that I work with to buy cookies. I bought her cookies so that I could one, smell them, and then two, have her eat them and describe them to me. <laughs> I love you. That's great. That's great. I mean, I did that before. She- <laughs> I, I have been baking up a storm. It's how I'm dealing with my uh, stress with school and because I can't eat it. I'm literally feeding everyone in my life. And at, they're at this point, they're like, please stop. <laughs> yep yeah they're, they're just no one wants any more cakes or muffins and like I get it it's it's a lot um yeah but like whatever whatever it takes right because the struggle is real it, it so is it it so is um but anyway the actual community is a really interesting one and I found that I found that for me personally it's changed in the past little bit this year I don't specifically know. I think yeah I think for um that's probably the case for a lot of communities though because obviously the pandemic is something that's affecting the entire world and people's response in every community is going to have an effect on you know everything um bodybuilding specifically though like uh, shows were canceled and like rescheduled and stuff like that, which I understand. I, I do truly understand 
especially like the ones that were really close to happening the ones where or who got on the plane that were, day like it broke my heart they got on the plane that day, they that was so it was really sad especially because we knew a couple people who like i could look at a couple of them and i knew if that show happened they would have gone pro like people were ready people were ready and um, i was so proud of them for doing this throughout the pandemic it was great 100% me too but the community has been if I was an outsider in bodybuilding and I was witnessing it for the first time through this, I would think it was the most ugly, hideous, angry people. And it's, it's never, it's never been like that for me before. I found, especially in bikini, I have always found that the girls are so supportive of each other and we all kind of come together through this one common bond that we have because it is very rare. Like I said, as such a small percentage of the population dabble in competing that when you find people who do like Kaylee and I, we just click because it's something that we understand from the perspective of very few people who actually know how it feels. Well, no one in my and life, like my best friend doesn't like no one in my life ever does, does anything like this. Yeah. So you almost find yourself like drawn to people who are part of it and that's why the community typically until recently has been so strong but there is also a lot of there's a lot of clicks like even with specific gyms there's a lot of um yeah you know what I mean like Kaylee knows what I mean I I don't want to drop any names but depending on where you live like I'm sure this is a thing everywhere I think it is everywhere Um, you see it on the states in on Instagram too yeah. And that's another thing too. The whole actual Instagram community. Oh like, man, that's a whole um, other episode though. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nothing on it. Okay. Everyone, um, nothing on Instagram is real ever. Just saying. I try to be as real as I can, but. Oh no, I'm just saying you, you look at like everyone, their best days. Like I'm, I'm just saying it's not real life. But it's also like how pretty much every competitor quote unquote knows each other because we all follow each other on Instagram. Yes. And I think that's, it's kind of a dangerous thing because even Kaylee and I are guilty of this too. We talk about people a lot. Like we'll We'll see, we'll see, we'll see posts about people. Like I, I try and be really cautious about gossiping. And um, if we're saying nasty things about people, sometimes I try and like catch myself doing it. Yeah. Yeah, like this is getting a little bit ugly, but um, it's really hard because like Instagram is there and people post on it intentionally. So, or even like this wasn't necessarily a bodybuilding specific thing, but there was freaking Facebook drama yesterday that Kaylee and I were both kind of involved in. Oh, and it like, was misogynistic though that was and like I am the person that I will not stand for that I will always speak up like in Cliff Notes version this person had said that people obviously don't respect themselves as much and could market themselves differently and they don't need to be in very little clothing and coming from a body positive sex positive uh, standpoint which I feel everybody should be everybody should like the body they're in we all have it we all have one and I just, Preach. yeah, I just don't tolerate it. And so like Aaron was saying, when I see stuff like that all over Instagram, all over my Facebook, I of course will say something because it's not right. The funny thing about that is um, it was on my Facebook. I noticed it and I was like, 
I need Kaylee to get involved in this because I know she'll freak out. <laughs> I did. I, I was very eloquent about it. I was very eloquent about it, but. Well, of course, like that's the thing. When, when this kind of a thing happens, there are two types of people and we're the type of people who respond to it, but we don't, I would say we respond, but we don't react. Yes. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And then there's the type of people who see something and they're just instantly like, bah, 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 this triggered me and I'm so offended. Whereas we can kind of try and have a civil conversation about it, try and make it a teaching moment kind of a thing. Yes. Um, a lot of people in this bodybuilding community that we exist in are very much reactive. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this, a lot of ugliness has come out recently because of protocols or things that needed to change for people's safety that instantly got a heated reaction from people and now, opposed to a well, we, we know not everyone is going to agree with us here about the protocols and that's totally fine. Totally fine. If you know, if someone has a concern or a question send her in a message. She'll have it. She'll openly have a conversation with you about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. That's how I like my, I try and be very mature in that sense too. Like I am, I am very off put by closed minded people and I refuse to be closed minded ever. So if, if anyone has information that they would like to bring to my attention, I try and receive it with as much of an open mind as I can and it's very hard to be that way in a world of closed-minded people who are like, no, don't talk to me. I am set in my ways and I am unwilling to hear your perspective, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But there are a lot of people like that. And um, this is kind of taking a sidebar from bodybuilding. Huge but, sidebar, but that's uh, okay. You know what? It's all it's all relative. This is You know what? This is my podcast and we're going to talk about whatever the hell I want. That's why it's called Bear Banter. We're just bantering. It's not bear structured conversation about a specific topic. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> No, I feel like that's called like a lecture in school and I I can't do those. You do those enough. I, too much. I can't. No. Okay, so anyway, we've been bantering for a little longer than I meant to. So, Kaylee, why don't you why don't you close on your impression of bodybuilding, what it means to you and um your, let's talk about your future bikini plans. My future. Oh, God. Um, so bodybuilding. That's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, okay. So bodybuilding means a lot to me. Like, I do love it. Like, there's, like Aaron said, everybody, every single person in this world has ugly moments. And I'm really hoping things level out a little bit. Like, I have noticed there is, there is a few people who are opening their minds. They are becoming less angry with the pandemic. Um, but my future for bodybuilding is I'm kind of in between right now. So I am getting a surgery in a couple weeks here. So that's going to be really tough for me. because I'm going to have to take some time off and it's going to be worth it, but I haven't taken time off the gym in almost four years since I started. My fingertip got amputated last April guys. And I went in the gym the next day that that is who I am. Um, but I'm going to do a show next year. If, if the world permits it, you know, like with everything that's going on, I'm going to do bikini, but I'm actually borderline thinking about doing wellness because I am obsessed with how it looks, but that's a bridge to cross when I get there. Mm -hmm. So those are my plans. By the way, that's, that's exciting shit. And like, 
when we delve more in future episodes into the actual categories of competing and stuff, that'll be a really interesting topic. Also, um, we are going to do an entire episode about that surgery. (laughs) I think we should just... Kaylee's getting giant boobs. That's what's happening. Massive boobs. And we are... We are living and we are excited. (laughs) I personally cannot wait for this to happen. And we are going to do a whole episode because there is so much that we can get into about body modification. And like there's an there's a plethora of topics that we can get into. And I want to so much and it's going to be great. So absolutely. And I'm going to be documenting the whole surgery experience and I'll be doing live videos on my feed and everything because it is scary stuff. I've done 10 years of research. There's a lot of people who go in and have done none. And it's it's scary stuff. I'm scared. Like. I'm mostly just excited. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Like a part of me is like living vicariously through you just because like I am very, I, I have always been very comfortable and confident in my itty bitty titty life. And. I am always going to be that small chested girl. So for somebody close to me to be delving into the double D lifestyle later in life, like by choice is like, like, I'm just stoked. (laughs) Well, and we got to keep in mind, I was a natural triple D in high school. So I feel like I have how I describe this to men. Just imagine waking up and you lost a few inches. You feel pretty lost, right? That's kind of how I feel. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, wow. I'm just saying. That was like, I'm not even a man, but I was just thinking like, wow, like a hypothetical dick losing a couple inches. That's a, <laughs> I, that helped me understand your plight a little bit more because even when you explained like, because I just really can't relate. I have never had big boobs a day in my life. Never. Even when I get kind of fat, like they maybe go up like half a size. Mine don't even go but up But they're always... <laughs> Yeah, they're just, and you know, like, I totally understand why, why you feel the need to make that change because of how they used to be. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that. Like, it's funny. I really relate to dudes sometimes. It took, (laughs) took a dick metaphor for me to understand your need for surgery. That's hilarious. It took a dick metaphor for the man I'm seeing to understand why I need surgery. So, I mean, I get it. It's fine. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say this, all boobs are beautiful. Not every woman needs implants. All, all boobs are beautiful. It's just, this is my own personal choice. 100%. Let's, uh, let's make it cool not to, uh, not to need to do that, which we both do so much. I do. Also, free the titties, save the city, wear a mask, don't wear a bra. Wow. Just saying. That was proof mound. <laughs> that's oh my gosh that happens to me so many times though like a couple of months ago I realized that I was walking through Walmart uh I don't think I was wearing panties either I was like oh my gosh I am wearing a mask um, but no panties no bra I get to, I was free balling I, I get to work from Straight. home in a house coat I haven't worn a bra I think in a year wow I, I mean I wear push-ups. your glands are probably really healthy probably I mean I do wear the push-up sports bra in the gym which is embarrassing for me not for other people for me because I don't feel comfortable not but yeah I, I haven't worn normal clothes in forever anyways on that this note everybody <laughs> yeah um anyway so that's actually another thing too uh 
we're going to have to talk about in another uh, competition specific episode is going to be eventually my choice not to get implants it may or may not affect my success in the sport so it shouldn't and I if, don't think it will there's great push-up cups thank you god uh, I don't think so either <laughs> my coach personally I mean he said it helps but I also had a judge from one of the federations tell me they don't care about the size they don't care if they're too big they don't care if they're too small because really they're not looking at it but some other people would disagree with that okay i'm gonna end this podcast on a shocking story okay let me hear it. shocking absolutely rattling so one of my previous coaches that i worked with for about 12 weeks in one of my off seasons told me that one time He asked a head judge, what do you even look for in bikini? Because it is, the judging is everywhere. It's all over the map. You never know if they're going to pick a girl who's kind of fat or if they're going to pick a girl who's shredded to shit. If they're going to pick a tall girl, a girl with big boobs, they just don't know. So changes every every show actually. Well, every judge, like they're just people with their own opinions. So he asked a judge once, what do you look for in bikini? dead ass a head judge said to him i just picked the girl i want to fuck the most (gasps) no that didn't happen that happened that's a direct quote i shit you not oh my god that is terrible now you i know it's terrible it's really sexist it's really it's just gross now you would think that that knowledge would put us off of competing nah but (laughs) nah Nah, you know what? I'll be the one you want to fuck the most. <laughs> oh my god, Aaron. <laughs> Would it help if I bent over further? Like, should I should I show you a little more? Like, what, what's it going to take? Real though, that back pose arch, it hurts the lower back, everyone. I it, it Posing is not easy. It hurts. Girl, I am sitting here holding my lower back today because I was arching it so aggressively yesterday, you which were. sounds like I do porn, but it was just a... Any- Actually, it was kind of like light porn. It was a boudoir shoot. <laughs> well, hey, there's difference between boudoir and porn. And I think people who do porn is fantastic. Good for them. Me too. Oh, if, if I had done porn yesterday, I would have just freaking straight up told you. Oh, I know. I would have been like, like, I'm sorry. I need to see this. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I, like I, I would have sent it to you. Okay, good. I'm glad 100%. our relationship is that close. And honestly, like... If uh, if that's where my path ends up taking me in the future, then I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. I will hype you the fuck up. I will tell all like of you, my male friends to go watch you. If if well, that, you're going to be you're going to be doing that anyway. Absolutely, but I just like I know people, I know people who have been single a very long time who would love stuff like that. Oh man, well send them my way because I'm getting lonely. I can do that. Yeah. okay well i say we wrap this baby up it has been a roller coaster but you know what i kind of liked it i did too i mean there is some things you're gonna have to learn with this app but no it was good for the first time i think it was fine i think it was fine too and i like that it gives i just wanted it to give like everybody listening just a good idea of who we are and this is pretty much it in a nutshell so you know what I say mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, non-judgmental weirdos. I love it. Fucking right. Okay, well, I say we sign off now. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Maybe I'll come up with a sign off someday. But 
for now, we'll just go with thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys soon. How was that? I like that. (laughs) I think I like that.